Good morning. They've put a Madonna mic on me this morning. Vogue. Or Britney. Any Britney fans out there? No? Justin Bieber? No, I'm, no, I'm trying to be cool and young. Fred Astaire? Help. Anybody else? But they've put it on me because I was trying to hold these oars last week and I got a mic in my hand and it didn't work. So, you know, it's not about me being a pop star or a movie star. It's simply a prop thing this morning, okay? But if I start dancing, please excuse me. I just get into the mode and feel like it. So, But anyway, welcome this morning. If this is your first time in church, it's great to see you. Uh, or if you're listening online, it's good that you've uh, come online and listened to us. We're privileged that you're here and listening. Um, I started this series last week, as Ben said, one another in, or one another. We're here to love one another. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor warts and all, as yourself, right? Without that, as Ben said, it's impossible for us to outwork the gospel. It's, out, it's impossible for us to become what Jesus has said as the body of Christ. If we don't love one another, we're not actually doing what Jesus has asked us to do. Amen? And the other thing I said was on this journey, Jesus also said, we're here to go and make disciples. So part of this discipleship process is loving one another on this journey. That helps us to become disciples. It disciples us. It trains us and equips us to do what Jesus is asking us to do. You still with me? So I use this illustration of a boat, getting in the boat. And Jesus invites us to get in the boat. He invites us to, to accept him, to accept his love that he has for us. And I just thought this was a great illustration. The one on the screen is probably a better one because... You've got us sitting side by side, okay? And I said, most of us, when we get in a boat, it's a bit unstable, and we want to get into the center, okay? We want to be the center. We want to be in control, or if I'm honest, we're moving from being self-centered to actually who Jesus is calling us to be, which is love. But our natural reaction is to get into the center of the boat, but Jesus puts us on the edge of the boat, and the reason for that is because he puts somebody else on the other side to balance us out. So without people, okay, we can't outwork love. We can't say we just love God without loving people, okay? The way we treat people is the demonstration of his instruction towards us. So if we fight with each other, we're not actually loving God. We're actually... Not loving Jesus, not loving God, because we're not following his instructions. And Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do what I ask you to do. So Jesus kind of puts us on this each side, which then brings balance in our lives. He brings people into our lives that we can love, that actually helps us to grow and mature and become discipled. It draws that love out of us. Amen? So that's kind of what I said last week. But also, I said that Jesus prayed for unity. When he went, he prayed for unity, that they'd all be one. And I said, the process of this is that we are one with God. Jesus prayed they would be one with you as I am one with you, Father. So we'll be one with God and at peace with God, and then we'll be at peace with one another. And I said, for us to go forward as a church, we need to agree on doctrine, what we believe. So if we don't believe the same thing on this boat, we're going to struggle to get there. Okay, because we're going to start fighting over that. So we have to agree on what we believe. Okay, and then we have to agree how to relate. We have to agree relationally going forward how we one another. Okay, and there are instructions in the Bible on what we should do with one another. I think there's about 159 of which Paul wrote, and he wrote about one anothering. 
Things like love one another. Greet each other with a holy kiss. Anybody want a holy kiss this morning? John, just stand up. John will give holy kisses to anybody. Just show them lips, John. Look at them. They are holy lips for holy kisses, okay? And by the way, John, you you have to give your permission to give a holy kiss, okay? Don't throw yourself upon people. We're close, but we're not that close with everybody yet, John. Okay? So it says, greet each other with a holy kiss, okay? So we're here as a church to one another. And that's the journey that we're on, okay? Why? Because it's not just for us, it's for the wider world, so that when, they, when we come across them, when they come into this environment, when we go out, there's something different about how we behave with people. We're not hating the world, we're forgiving the world. Jesus says, this is a new commandment, love them as I have loved you. And this is like an instruction in the Old Testament to love one another. God had given to the Israelites, and they failed to do it many times. And I said, it's like one of them sat on the edge of the boat and just kept rowing on their own, and they kept going round and round in circles because they didn't deal with their self-centeredness. But we're here now to love one another as Christ loved us. And Christ laid down his life for us. So there's a part of us that needs to be put to the side. There's a part of us that needs to die, but there's a new part of us that needs to come alive. And that's what God is calling us to do. As we come to him, he instructs us with the word and teaches us and corrects us and rebukes us if we need to, but he's training us how to behave with one another so that this boat can get where it needs to go. So we all take our place take our oar, and we row together as a team, and we get where God wants us to go. Amen? Does anybody want to be in the boat? Okay? But you know when you get in this boat, there are some people in this boat that are going to knock you with this oar. There are some people in this boat who are going to annoy you. Me, probably. Come on, let's be honest. You're not going to agree with everything that I say and do. I'm going to jump around too much for some people. I'm going to pick songs that some people don't like. Uh, You know, we're going to disagree on some things, amen? But they're not the major things. They're the minor things. The major things is to agree on doctrine and how we're going to behave with one another. The other things are small things. So let's focus on the big things, okay? So some of you are going to get on this boat. Some of you are going to want to be at the front of the boat. Some of you think, I want to be at the front. There's a leadership in me. There's something in me. I want to be first. But there's some of us that just need to sit at the back for a bit and let the boat take us. And we need to watch other people and follow them first before we get to the front. Some of us are called to be at the front. Some of us are called to be in the middle. Some of us are called to be in a place. And we've all got our place. And we've all got our all, our thing to do that God's given us. And we have to go on a journey of discovering what is my all? What is my thing that you've given me in this world to do? And we don't discover it straight away. When we're born, we don't have a stamp on us that says, this baby will become this. It doesn't, we have to discover it. Moses, when he was born, he had a future, and he kind of deviated somewhere, and then eventually he finds it, he makes mistakes, but eventually he finds what his call is in his life to lead the people of Israel out of captivity. But he had to go on a journey of discovering what is, oh, say, oh, oh, what's your, oh, this morning? 
And we've all got an awe. And I believe it's a journey to discover what our awe is. We've all got a place to sit on the boat, and we've all got something that we can give to the body of Christ. We've all got something that we can bring to one another. Amen? And you might think, what's that? What can I bring? And sometimes we don't know until we start to do things. And, still we, and when we start to step out and we have a go at things. And wow, I never even realized I could do that. Wow, this is interesting. I remember when I came to church, I just sat at the back over there. I hadn't got a clue what it was here to do. I was terrified with my people. One anothering was not my thing. But you know, God has a plan for us. And we have to step out and do things. And we discover along the way, actually, God's put something in me to help people. He's giving me an awe, oh, to discover. I like that, awe, oh, okay? He's giving us an awe. So this morning, I want to talk about maybe you thinking about what your awe is. And I don't want to label you and say, this is what you're going to do for your future, because I don't think it's that clear. I think we have to go on a journey as we're journeying through life. As we try things, we discover what we're good at, all right, what we enjoy, what we're passionate about. But I want to just try and, you know, just maybe flick some switches in you and get you thinking about actually what can I give because Galatians says this Galatians 5.13 it says you my brothers and sisters were called to be free wow wow so on this boat Jesus says you're free you're free from sin you're free from the world I have died to set you free now that you're free though guess what but you do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. So we're not going to fall out. We're not going to force ourselves. We're not going to fight. But we're going to go on a journey. Sorry, to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another. Serve one another humbly. Not forcing, not being better, not putting people down. This is my all that I bring to the body of Christ. Where can my awe fit in? What do you want me to do? And we're here to love one another. That's why we have people outside on the welcome team, on the car park, because they're not just being there because, you know, we want to be an amazing church and famous. They're there because they want to serve you and give you a great welcome so that when you come in, the people go, wow, we feel at home here. We don't want it. This is my awe over here. I'm not using my gift. And people come in and go, they don't feel very warm and welcoming. No, 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 no. We want to be a church that's saying, come on, come get in the boat. We want, Jesus wants you in the boat. He's not putting conditions on you. He just wants you to come in the boat. He's inviting you into the boat. So we want to be a church that's warm and welcoming. That's why we have people on the car park. That's why we have people, you know, in the entrance. That's why we have people at the back on the sound. That's why we have people, you know, who are gifted and talent. We're serving you because we want to inspire you when we come together to love one another. To put Jesus first in your life. To keep in the boat. To put Jesus in the boat with you and keep going on this journey. So it's not about us I've got a gift. No, no. It's about, here's my gift. Where can I use it or discover where I can help to serve one another so that I can help to build up this body? Because we all need encouraging. Amen? And you all have something that you can give to this church. You all have something that you can give to this world. It's not just about us in here. 
It's about equipping you and training you so that you can take that one another in, into your home, into your job, into your community, so it goes out from these four walls into the world. That's what the one another is for. But I believe the church helps us to equip us to find out who we are. I believe that's what Jesus wants to do. I'm going to put me all down because I feel like I'm going to do something I shouldn't with it. Ephesians 5.21, which I feel is really important out of respecting each other on this journey. It says this, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So when we're on this boat, I look across the boat and I see somebody sitting at the front there And I'm not judging them by who they are or comparing myself. We said last week, it says, do not compare yourselves with each other. We've got far more interesting things to do. Each of us is an original. So when I look over the boat, I respect what their gift is in this house. I shouldn't feel insecure by it. I should feel secure that we have one of those in the house. I'm happy we've got one of them on the boat. Okay? So when we look across each other at each other, we should respect one another out of reverence for Christ. So in other words, when Christ is in the center of our lives, in the center of the boat, I look across at them and I see them through Christ. You see what I'm saying? I'm not seeing them out of my insecurity or my fears or my past. I'm seeing them through Christ. How does Christ see them? Christ loved them and died for them. But they're irritating and doing me head in. Yeah, but I'm submitting to Christ first who died and laid his life down. So I'm putting my flesh to the side and I'm going to look at them and believe in them even though they don't believe in themselves and they don't get on with me. I'm going to submit to Christ and I'm going to keep building this body up and not tear it down. Christ needs to be in the center of our lives and we need to see things through the eyes of Christ. It's not always easy, but that's the journey of one anothering and being led by the spirit and not the flesh. It's the, it's the process of maturing and growing into the fullness of what God wants us to be as a church. That's the journey I want to go on. I want this church to be effective, not just talking, but it's got to be effective. So it's going to take maturity to rise up in each one of us and to keep Christ center and to encourage one another and build each other up. What a blinking awesome thing that is. Woof. This thing, when Jesus is at the center, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. When Jesus is at the center of it, when he's the rock, when he's the chief cornerstone, we build our lives on him, it cannot fail. But when we move him out the way and we start doing it ourselves, not submitting and reverencing Christ first, we start to fall out. We start to make mistakes. And when we do that, it actually what we're doing is this. We're not saying we love Jesus. We're actually... When we don't love each other, we're not following the instructions of Christ. I find it interesting when the Apostle Paul, before he's Apostle Paul, he's murdering Christians and persecuting them. Jesus peers to him on the road of Damascus. He's on the way to Damascus on the road. He appears to him, he says, Paul, why do you, Saul, why do you persecute me? He doesn't say, why do you persecute the disciples? He says, why do you persecute me? Why? Because he's prayed that they are at one. They are at one. You mess with my boys, you mess with me. My body is my body. My boys, my girls, are my body. You hurt my body, you hurt me. You love me, you love my body, you love me. It's one as the same. So when we fall and bite and fall out, it's not that we're loving Christ, we're actually not loving Christ. How we love one another is how we love Christ. Amen? 
So this is the journey, this is the one another. We've got to submit to Christ on this journey, respect one another, and find what it is we can bring to serve one another. So are you ready to discover your awe? Oh, I just want to share, you may have seen this before, this is Maslow's hierarchical needs diagram. Have you seen this before? Some of you seen it, not some of you. And you know, I, this is obviously what he states is our needs, our demand. What, what motivates a person? And uh, the first thing that we need is physiological needs. Food, water, shelter, warmth. We all need those. And most of us probably have those. We're pretty okay, yeah? And if there isn't in here somebody who's got them, then they need to come and speak to us so as we want another, we can help that person. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Otherwise, we're not one another in. And then safety. So we, we long to be safe, secure, stable, freedom from fear. You know, there's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot going on. It's creating free, fear. But in Christ, come on. In Christ, we can have some stability. In Christ, we can have freedom from fear. We might not understand it, and the disciples probably didn't understand fully why they were being persecuted and put on the cross, but they can still be safe and secure in Christ. Amen? So we want safety. So, you know, you need to get a job. If you don't get a job, you don't get food. If you don't get a job, you're not going to have a house. So that's the reason why you need to get a job and be fruitful. Otherwise, you're not going to have that stability. And that. Otherwise, you're going to be constantly thinking about today. How am I going to get through today? And I'm... That's where we can be. And if we don't have a job and we don't produce, then we have belonging in love. Friends, family, spouse, lover. Lover, okay? Someone who loves you. And we feel at home. We feel that we have that security in a home, in a family. We feel safe. We feel loved. We feel we belong, you know? And a lot of people come into church, they don't always feel this because maybe they've been damaged in a family. Something happened. They've been neglected. They struggle to feel loved and acceptance, and they find it difficult. And then we have self-esteem, achievement, mastery, recognition, and respect. You know, and, and when we grow and we realize, actually... My self-esteem is being built back up. Who wants their self-esteem to be built back up? There's enough things knocking us down in life. We want some good self-esteem. I don't mean arrogance or, you know, we want confidence in God. You know, not just self-confidence in ourselves, but a self-confidence in God in humility that we can be confident in who we are and the gifts that we've got and we're here then to be fruitful. We're here to add value into this body we're here to add value in our family we're here to add value in our job and in the world this is where we're aiming for as individuals then you have the top he says self-actualization pursue inner talent creativity and fulfillment and he says you know people realize this exact thing is why i'm here so somebody like vincent van gogh right he discovered what he was here for that guy he could paint all right, he can paint. Some of you might have opinions on that painting and think, I don't think it's very good. But he had a talent. He had a gift. He had a creativity that he could bring and express something in this world. And we can go on a journey of actually discovering who we are. For some people, they're here. Some people around the world are here. They're just thinking about their today. Not even thinking about the future and what they're going to do with their life. They're just trying to get through now, this moment. People going through a crisis, they're going through now, this moment. They don't, they're, they're in darkness, they're in despair. How, some people, safety, well, I'm not even, where am I going to get the money from? 
but I have food today, that's okay, so when am I going to? And there's people like that, and there might be people in here that are like that, but this is why we need to one another, because we've all got something we can discover and bring to the body of Christ, and more importantly, we're seeing them into the world. And we have to go on a journey of discovering what's my thing, what, have I, what am I good at? Are you still with me? You know, this is like, he puts this as, you know, the top bit is optimization, kind of finding your identity. The second one down is about influence, that you can bring influence and change where you are. And some of you might think, I'm not even there, I'm just coping with today. The third one is about family and being effective and being secure in love. And then you've got safety and you've got health at the bottom. But you say, well, why, why are you talking about this, about discovering? This is about motivation. This is about passion. This is about a desire of you and what you want to do. So we've all got to go on a journey of discovering our or, I'm going to move to my next point. Hopefully it's getting you think. This is not about putting a label on you, by the way. This is about just to get you think about what you can do is in the body and in the world. The next point is this, discovering your place. Psalm 20, verse 4, says this. I love this scripture. We hear it. If you've been in church for a while, you'll have heard it many times. May he, God, give you the desire, passion of your heart and make all your plans succeed. God wants to give you the desires of your heart. We're we're talking about good desires, not bad desires, amen? You can have bad desires to pursue for selfish gain, okay? You can have greed. You can pursue something for your own ends, you know, and and you can be very successful, but never consider anybody else along the journey. You can be so passionate at the front of getting there that actually you damage people behind and don't consider taking anybody with you. We're not talking about that. We're talking about good desires. We're talking about kingdom desires. We're talking about things that God puts in us that we can discover on this journey. So he says, may he give you the desire. Who puts the desires there? God. God puts a desire in you like a treasure. Anybody like watching pirate films? Say, war. Oh, is that a farmer? Or I don't know that one. All right? Sound more like a farmer. I'm not good at sound. Sarah criticizes me every time I get home. That does not sound like a pirate. But I love pirate films. The object of a pirate film, it's always find the treasure. Amen? Find the treasure. And God's put a treasure inside of you for you to discover in this world. And on this journey, you're going to find what is it I'm here for? What has God put inside of me? What desire is there on this journey that I can bring to other people? Not just for you to make, you know, and it will build your self-esteem and it will build your confidence and you'll feel good about yourself. But it's more than that. It's to add value and help other people in the church and outside of the church. And you have something inside of you that God has put there that you can discover that is helpful to this body and everybody else in the world. And we have to find that out like treasure. We do. It won't work by you just saying, okay, God, show me what it is you want me to do. 
It's not going to work like that. You, you know it's not going to work like that. He's going to put something there that's going to train you and equip you and disciple you so that you are ready to fulfill that role. So you have to get your hand to the plow, as it says. You have to do something. You have to work at it. You have to seek God diligently. Say, God, I'm putting you at the center of my life. I'll pick up what you want me to do. That, I, I'll do it, but it doesn't quite work. Then next minute, he gives you the other role and says, that's what you were made to do. Wow. And it becomes so natural in your life, you realize, this is what I'm here to do. This is what God's put in me. Are you still with me or are you looking at me as I'm crazy this morning? This is a journey. Now, some of you, you know, may be on that journey of finding out from a young age. I know there's doctors who realize at a young age, I want to be a doctor. Becky Pitts, not here this morning. She knew at a young age she wants to be a doctor. Something inside of her knew she wanted to be a doctor. Some of us have a desire. We try things and we realize we can't do it because we're not natural at it at all. I was a primary school teacher for 10 years and I loved kids. I had a desire to work with kids, but I was not a natural teacher. I had to work at it and work hard at it and I did it, but it wasn't naturally me to do. But I love kids, so I'd be there every day. Are you still with me? So we've got to discover what our place is. I want to look at some gifts this morning. Again, not to label you, but just to get you think about what your passion is. If God says, I'll give you the desires of your heart, you've got to think, what am I passionate about and what do I like doing? Okay? You haven't got to look at anybody else, at them, and say, I want to, be, I want to do what they're doing because they're popular or they're at the front. No, 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 no. You've got to find your awe. Okay, you've got to find what am I good at and what can I bring to this body and into the world. So, what are you passionate about? And don't say Stoke City Football Club. That's like an add-on, right? That's, 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 that's not what we're here for to build the body. That's not probably going to build the body watching Stoke City all the time. Although there's nothing wrong with it because I love it and I love going with the kids. I get all that. I'm passionate about it, but it's not going to help build the body. Okay, unless I take the whole church with us. And we spend some time fellowshipping at the, you know, Bet365 Stadium. But that's not going to really build the church, is it? Let's be honest. God gives gifts to the church to build the church. Apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. They're here to equip the, the, the church, the teaching of the word, you know, to, to evangelize to people, to draw them. Those gifts are here to bring these people in and to train the body to become all that it's here to do. In other words, to do good works. So, what are you passionate about? I'm going to give you seven characteristics from the Bible. Seven characters that you'll find throughout the Bible. And I believe they, these make up the body of Christ. You might say there's others as well. There's other gifts. Yeah, there are. But I'm just going to give you seven this morning. And some of you, you'll hear these and go, yeah, I'm like that. That's me, baby. So the first one is this, deliverers. It's a bit of a biblical name, I know, but some of you are passionate. You're passionate when it comes to injustice. You're passionate to end captivity. You just like don't like people being in bondage. You hate people being in debt. You see it as slavery and bondage. These people have a passion to deliver people out of these things. And you'll go and do whatever it takes to get them people out. And some of you sit there, oh, I'm not like that. Yeah, you might not think you are, but you might discover that you are later on on this journey. 
You might find out when you realize what treasure's in you that this is actually what I'm here to do, to help people out of captivity. I have a passion to deliver people who are in bondage. I have a passion for kids who are not being looked after. I have a passion for these people that are in neglect in my job. I don't like this. I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate. Anybody passionate about that? We know Kath is. Yeah? You have a passion to deliver people. Moses had a passion to deliver them out of captivity. He struggled to speak and didn't have a confidence to do it in his natural ability, but there was something inside of him that he knew he had to go back to Israel, to Egypt, and to get the Israelites out and lead them out. He didn't have the self-confidence to do it, but God put something inside of him. He tried it in his own strength when he fought against an Egyptian and murdered them. Was it an Egyptian? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, just correcting myself and my wife. Yeah. He made it, he did it in his own strength. And what did he do? He killed someone and damaged them. But what does God do in all his mercy and all his grace? Goes back to him again. Come on, get up. Shake the dust. He doesn't say it like this. Shake the dust off you. Let's get back on with this journey. Let's get back on the boat. Let's fight the good fight. Let's get on the this. What you're called to do, Moses, get back. And then, I can't do this. No, you can't, but there's something in you that's calling you and drawing you to make a difference and add value in the church and outside of the church. Are there any deliverers in here? Yeah? (laughs) The problem with deliverers, the challenge we have is they want to deliver everything and everyone. Now! Now, let's do it! Yeah? But that's why we need one another. And that's why we need to grow in the love and the grace, and the kindness, and the character before God releases us into that ministry full time. We think we can do it in our own strength. No, 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 no. It comes out of subject and reverence to Christ through the teaching of his gifts under authority. And when he does that, he releases you to do it. That doesn't mean that you don't do it, but you have to do it out of submission to and respecting God. Accountability with your actions and what you're doing. There's any deliverers in here. Mm. you might not be vocal you don't have to be vocal about it but you can be quietly not happy with some things and you can get on quietly behind the scenes and use all the gifts of administration and to support something that's going on and help and encourage because you're not happy about those things and I want to be involved with something that delivers people amen the next one is creatives I should have been a creative they won't let me. I don't know why, but every time I try and become creative, it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> creative people. They're passionate to beautify and inspire. We've got some great creative people in here. We've got beautiful, you know, it's not just worship team. The worship team, we're gifted with gifted, creative people. We're gifted with people on the tech, the sound. Sound is important. It's so important in this house, they work hard to get the sound right. The lights, everything is here to beautify God, to talk about who he is. And we don't want to, you know, and not that, not, that actually, not that actually all of these things, you know, make a difference in any way to who we are in Christ. We are who we are in Christ. But what we want to do is have a nice environment that we can come together and say, yeah, this is a good environment that lifts God up and beautifies who he is. But fundamentally, we don't find who we are in these lights and stuff. We just use those gifts to be creative and inspire people, to point them to who God is. 
We believe in a God who is love. We believe in a God and we can express who we are as a people. So there are some creative people. Some of you might even not know you're creative or you're a little bit apprehensive like Moses was to go and be creative. David was creative in the Bible. I mean, this boy could write music. This boy could dance. See, I am creative. I am creative. And David danced. He was creative. You know, all of these, a lot of these psalms that he wrote in here, they were songs. He was singing, expressing God in his life and who God is in his heart and what God had done. We need creative people in the church to express and to beautify and to inspire us on this journey. Are there any creative people in here? You should be encouraged that you're one another on this boat. Okay, I am not creative. <laughs> Sorry, that's probably wrong. I can be creative, but it's not my primary gift to be creative. And then the next one. So if you're good at art as well, by the way, and decorating things, you know, you're creative. You can use that gift in the world. Be creative. Use it. And then the next one. Are you still with me? Relators. I better hurry up because I'm running out of time. Relators. These are passionate about relationships. Woo, I just love being on the boat. I just love everybody on the boat. We just all get along. Isn't it lovely? There's a few of these in the church. You know, these want intimacy and they want everybody to be okay. Let's let's not fall out. Let's reconcile. Make sure it's okay. We're all related. We're all getting along. And these people are wonderful. We need them on the boat. Any relators in here? Yeah, baby. It's all great with relators. We need relators, don't we? Let's hang out. Let's just hang. Let's hang out the boat. Let's hang. We want to hang. Let's get down with it. I'm trying to be cool. No? You know, Starbucks. I met relators love Starbucks. It's like when God created Starbucks, they were created for relators. God, I have a passion to relate. Can you create like this place we can go and drink this black stuff called coffee and just hang out for us relators? Yeah, boosh, there you go. Starbucks made for relators. But we need that relating in the church. They're mad about intimacy, friendship, and they also have compassion. Wow, they don't want people to fall out. They're going to have patience with people who do fall out. They're going to have a pastoral heart to be patient and to wait and to help and encourage. And when they get splashed, they can take it a bit more because they've got compassion to forgive. We need relators in the church. So we've got deliverers, creators, creatives, relators. And then we've got fathers. We need fathers. What are fathers passionate about? They're passionate to energize energy in the place and lead others. Are there any fathers in the house? Come on, there's fathers in this house. We need fathers. They're secure in their identity. And very often fathers have a challenge and a battle to discover who they are in God. And they have to go on the journey of understanding, this is actually why I'm battling, this is why I'm going through things, because you're challenged to change who you are. No, 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 stick firm in your values and your beliefs and don't move off them, fathers. You know who you are. You're here to energize and to lead teams. You want to create community, not just for you, but for the whole. You see the bigger picture of why we're here, fathers. You understand purpose. Not just here to meet together, there's a purpose for us to meet together. There's something of depth in fathers that understand there's a bigger picture and they understand headship and covering. Are there any fathers? There's some great fathers to look at in the Bible. Obviously, we know God is our father, but Abraham was a father of the faith. 
great father. Paul was a father to Timothy. Look at the characteristics and the qualities that these people have. They understood it was about the church and the doctrine. He understood, Paul did, to make sure that the doctrine was correct. He was a father. Are there any fathers in here? Come on, there's fathers in here. And then the next one, stewards. Hopefully this is flicking some of your switches. Is it helping? You can bring something to this body. You might not realize it yet, but you can. But you can also take something into the world. Stewards, passionate to create and multiply resources. This isn't just money. This is resource. Are there any stewards in here? We need stewards in the church. Property, money, finance, investment, increase the wealth so that the church can grow. Joseph was a great steward. I mean, this, this boy saves a nation through submitting to Christ first and foremost out of reverence to God and then he goes on that journey of discovering actually why he was here. I'm here to steward these finances and administrate them so that the Israel does not fail and die and be in famine but Christ who was in Israel will come one day. He was a steward. Great steward. There are stewards in this room that you need to make money and you need to tithe into the house and you need to be generous because that's what God has called you to do. Like all of us, but you, can, you have a gift to do this. And then there's Noah's. Not Noah's as in built the ark. Noah's, okay? These people are passionate to educate and inform. Are there any Noah's in the room? Teachers, come on, you're passionate about it. You are passionate about education and informing, okay? The church needs teachers to teach the word of God. Sarah is a Noah. She loves the word. She loves God. She loves the word. She wants to teach you and teach you and train you and teach you and teach you to put it in your life so you can be re-educated. You can change the way you think and become all that Christ wants you to become. We need knowers in the church. We need knowers in the world to direct and help. Are there any knowers in here? Come on. You're passionate about truths, principles. You're not going to move off those principles, facts and figures. You just like facts and figures. Anybody facts and figures this morning? Some of us just get confused with facts and figures, but that's why we need each other on the boat, amen? That's why we need accountants. That's why we need people who understand money and figures. Teaching and instruction, instruction, books and information. And then the last one is this, healers. We need healers. We need healers in the world. We need healers in the church. There's people are passionate to end pain and hurt. You just, you just don't want people to be in pain. You'll spend all day with compassion nursing somebody who's going through pain. Nurses, you have a gift to bring healing. I recently watched, you know, a few weeks ago, my nan passed away. She's 94, great life. She knew Jesus. There was such a peace in the place. We were rejoicing when she went, you know, but it's still a sad thing. It's still hard to say try to someone. But here's what I watch. Them blinking nurses, whew, boy, do they know how to care. They know how to care with such compassion. And if you're a nurse, you've got a gift to heal. You've got a gift to be alongside somebody, to comfort, console, help them and support them, bring therapy or healing to them on this journey. Why? Because people come in the church damaged. People come in hurt from the world. People are hurting in the world so you can go out with your gift and help people. What are you passionate about? They're just some things to help you think, what am I passionate about? 
on this journey, what can I bring to help one another, help this church to get built? What do I bring? And sometimes you don't have to go, I'm going to start this ministry. Sometimes you just being here, you just being here in the body, bringing you on a Sunday to a small group, to a team, just being on a team makes a difference. I remember when I first took over the church, I thinking, what am I going to do? What, what am I going to do? And somebody said to me very gracefully, just be you. Oh, right, yeah. And I was racing down thinking all these things I've got to do as a senior pastor. And it was like, no, no, no. God's put something in you to do. So you be you and draw it out of you. Learn other things and bring people that you need on this journey because you can't do it all so that you have a team to go forward. Maybe... There's something in you that's passionate about being a deliverer, passionate about creativity, passionate about relationships, passionate to energize and lead, passionate to create and multiply resource, passionate to educate and inform, and passionate to help people through pain and hurt. You know, I think, I want to look at the last point here and we're finishing quickly. The last point is this, is discovering the pattern you discover the awe, you discover your place, it's discovering the pattern. And I've touched on this. And I want to, can you just put me that, put me the scripture up first. Just go to the scripture. Jesus says this, are you tired, worn out? Does anybody realize that life can be hard and tiring? Has anybody discovered this or is it just me? Is it just me that life can be hard and we are weak and we are frail and we are human beings you know, we're not the Messiah. We, are, we have a human body that's frail and it's, and it's decaying and it's dying and one day it will go. But we'll get a new body. However, it is tiring. And then Jesus says this. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I row. Watch me how I do it. How I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. The unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. There's a way in which we row. There's a way in which we work. It's not forced. Look at me move, I can do this. It's not forcing who you are. It's not forcing your gift. It's not proclaiming. It's simply learning the rhythms of grace. What is grace? Grace means that it's a gift from God. God has put a gift in each one of you. You are a gift. When God made you, he made you unique. You don't own you. He owns you. You don't even own the money in your pocket. The money in your pocket comes from paper. He made trees and made the paper. He made the gold that came out of the ground, which makes the coins that all belongs to him in the beginning. And he created it all as a gift for me and you. Our job is to use our gift, to use our awe, to use our gift, to use our talent, to discover what it is, to build one another up to love one another to support one another encourage one another but I want to say learn the pattern don't force it don't become something that you're not learn the rhythms of grace learn God's grace for your life that you don't earn is love but you're in love because he first loved you and I believe 
when we do this, can you just flip that model upside down? When we find rest in Jesus and we find who we are in Christ, I believe it's the other way around from Maslow. I believe we realize who we are in Christ. I find my home in Christ. I find my provision in Christ. I find my love in Christ. I am found. Even though I'm lost, I am found. I know who I am. I am loved. I am accepted. I am forgiven. I've discovered who I am in this world. I'm a child of God. I'm no longer a slave. I've been delivered by the mighty God. I know who I am. And we discover at this point who we are. And Jesus says things like this. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about your food and your things and your clothes. Don't worry about that. My Father's going to take care of you. Trust in me. Learn the rhythms of grace on this journey of faith. And then what happens is he builds our self-esteem. He builds us up from the inside out. And we begin to discover, wow, I'm here just to love people and to bring my gift. And then what that does, it brings a sense of belonging for other people as we use our gifts to help them get set free, to provide for them, to love them, to one another. They come into the body of Christ and they find their belonging in God. But we know it's not out of us, but it's out of him because we've discovered who we are. And we're welcoming people. Then we can go further and people who are not in safety, you deliver us, they go, come on, let's get out there. And then with physiological needs, we can help people who are in need. It actually works out from the church and goes out into the world. And God has given you something that you on this journey can discover what you can bring here, but also what you can take in this world. God has given you a passion, a desire. And on this journey, I want to encourage you, be you. Don't be anybody else. Be you and discover what you bring to me, to us, and to your neighbors, and to this world. Let us pray. You know, all of those people that I've just talked about, if you look at them, deliverer, healer, father, it's all who God is. God's our deliverer, he's our healer, He's our Father. He's the one who relates to us and loves us. It's who God is. He's our steward. He's watched our lives. It's who God is. God has delivered you from sin. God has healed you. He's healed you. He's made you at home with Him. And maybe there's people here this morning that don't know that. Maybe you don't feel at home. Maybe you don't feel that actually I'm safe. I can be secure in God. I don't even know about fathering and loving and relating. I don't get all this. But I believe in God, you can find that place where God gives you his peace, where he puts you in his boat and he takes you on a journey of discovering who he is and who you are. And if there's people here this morning that don't know that, I'm going to give you an opportunity. And the way that we do this, we recognize that Jesus was sent for our sin. He was sent because we are like an orphan who don't know who we are and where we've come from. But actually, the truth is we've come and been made by God. And God knows who we are and he knows everything about us. And he sent his son, Jesus, 
so that we could be forgiven and that we could be at peace with God. That we don't need to fight anymore or rebel anymore, but we say sorry and we accept God's love and his forgiveness and we're made right with God. So if you're here this morning and you don't think, I'm not right with God, there's something not right, I, I, I don't know God, I'm gonna give opportunity to receive the forgiveness of God, the love of God. And if that's you and you're here, I'm gonna pray a prayer. And then I just want you to lift your hand up to say, yeah, I've, and maybe you can come and speak to us after. And maybe you might wanna go on Alpha tonight as a course. So we're just gonna pray and you can pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. Forgive me of my wrong, my sin. I want a new start. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the cross. And I thank you for forgiving me. Amen. And if you've prayed that prayer, then I just want you to lift, everybody just bow their heads, people. If this is between you and God, just lift your hand. I've prayed that prayer this morning to be right with God. You know, you may have come before, and, but you know today I need to be made right with God. Today could be your day. Okay.